everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. I thought Stan was jumping up and down and so excited because I was back. It wasn't. It was because <laughs> oh, was part of it too. Orino was... won the hockey game. <laughs> yeah, I was excited about that as well. <laughs> oh, congratulations, Orino. You are happy I'm back, right? right? I am very happy you're back. That is true. Oh, me too. And now I'm, you're going to ditch me in another week. So, I know, you know I know. To, I wasn't going to tell trend. everyone that yet. I wasn't going <laughs> to tell him. I was going to tell him what a great show I have planned. I cannot wait to tell you about my trip to the United States Supreme Court. Wow. Just wow. Everything about it was amazing. And, oh, it's so exciting. And, yeah, I think we won. But I'll tell you about that in a little bit. We're also going to talk about some of the some of the stuff that's going on over at the Capitol. We're going to give you some legislative updates. I've been watching a lot of candidates now. Uh, for both Democrats and Republicans who are in there at their endorsement conventions. And I'm watching some of these candidates that are being endorsed, especially the Democrat ones. They're really troubling to me. I'll tell you, it just seems like there is not, there's not one thing that these people don't want to re- regulate and micromanage in our lives. And, and the Democrats are, are loud and proud and working really hard to win these upcoming elections. And, and I think our side has to work a whole lot harder. Uh, we got to make sure we win these elections. So we'll talk about that in the second hour today. We'll talk about what are your top priorities this legislative session? What candidates are you helping to get elected and why you're helping to get those candidates? Selected. Plus, the politicians are on the state level and on the federal level are trying to address the opioid crisis. And I use that crisis in I'm using my air quotes because, as usual, they're coming up with all the wrong policies that won't fix the problem. And I think people forget that uh, most opioid related deaths involve illicit substances like heroin and fentanyl, the bad stuff, you know, and you've you've got people who are, are trying to live a life without being in pain. And and they're the ones that are getting hurt with this. And it's really, really troubling to me. Anyway, I'm back. I can't wait to tell you about the United States Supreme Court. We have a little bit of housekeeping to take care of before we jump into uh, the tremendous experience I had out in D.C. Uh, first of all, thanks to John Gilmore for filling in with uh, for me last week. I heard he did a great job, and let's wish him a happy birthday. Happy birthday, John. I know, right? Yeah. I, you know, I don't he even know. You mentioned anything about it. So I, don't I don't even know, know how old he is. age or what? Well, you know, I'm older than him, so what? Whatever. <laughs> I enjoy every one of them. I'm just on the right side of the grass, so I'm happy about that. Uh, th- remember to change your clocks tonight, folks. Stan, is this weird? Are we doing this way earlier than we usually do? I seem to remember that it went from, like, October to, I don't know, I thought it was April. right around Easter or something. Well, yeah. it just seems to me like now it's only, like, three, four months or something. I think it's about time we get rid of that. And, yes, there is a bill in the legislature to get rid of that. Uh, yeah, I know. There's whole bunches of them. Okay, so we were talking about Orono winning the the hockey, high school hockey game, and uh, we to go or no congratulations stan that hockey hair stuff it's stupid it's it's, it's getting, getting a little old as well as the state of hockey slogan and i actually just read a really good article about that about you know how we brag and 
how much we love hockey and all this and that. But We do. We do love hockey. I want you to listen to these numbers. On Thursday night, so the boys' hockey tournament started on Thursday night, and it goes through, is it today? Today's the, the yeah, championships? The second game is tonight. Yeah, yep. Um, so on Thursday night, this was, so this would have been the first day of the, of the high school tournaments. Chicago had, um, this is attendance in the NHL ice rinks. Chicago's attendance, 21,600. Detroit, 19,500. Edmonton, 18,300. Boston, 17,000. Nashville, 17,000. Columbus, 15,000. Florida, 14,000. New Jersey, 14,000. Ottawa, 13,000. Guess what, Minnesota? was minnesota for the afternoon game nineteen thousand forty people and for the evening game eighteen thousand five hundred and eighty we love our i believe hockey. that was a combined with the two games that were going on for each session that but still it's pretty awesome. impressive yes. that is very 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 impressive and stan alluded to this a little bit earlier i'm going to be gone next week i have i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i have a family funeral and the, it's not in the cities, it's out of the cities, and it's on Saturday, and I really need to be there for my family. So um, I have asked two awesome people to fill in for me. Rob Dorr and Brian Strauser are going to fill in there with the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus, and they are fighting so hard for us to be able to keep our firearm freedoms in Minnesota that uh, I guess next week will be guns, guns. I was going to say, I hope I can keep up with the phone smoking in here next week when those two are in. I think it's great. It'll be fun. And, you know, when we, in the next hour when we talk about how we've got uh, bills that have been introduced in the legislature that are that's trying to raise the purchase price for guns and tobacco up to 21. This just makes me so angry. I'm so glad Florida is getting sued over this. You do not get to take away these fundamental rights from people. Why not you just them, don't. Why don't you just let what Walmart and like Dick's are doing? If they want to do yeah. it and go to 21, They're you know what? A lot of people won't, won't shop there. That's sue fine. Em. Sue them. And should I'm be glad. Their choice. And, and since I just came from the Supreme Court, now I'm all in favor of suing everyone and anyone that, you know, no, absolutely not. Are you an adult at 18? Are you an adult at 21? Are you an adult at 26? I've just, all of this kind of stuff is driving me crazy. And whether whether you're talking about guns, you're talking about smoking, you're talking about whatever, maybe, just maybe, and we aren't going to talk about this now, we'll talk about it in the second hour, just maybe we should raise the voting age to 21 too. And I don't think the left understands the hypocrisy that we see from them. Um, they say the, the consent, to change your gender can come as early as age three. Uh, consent to ch- consent to an abortion, age twelve. Consent to have sex, age fourteen. Uh, the Democrats push voting age to be lowered to sixteen. Um, but you talk about a core civil right. You talk about gun owner ownership. All of a sudden, that should be twenty one. Oh, spare me. Or or to pay for your own health care. The, the children can't even pay for their own health care until they're twenty. Oh, it just drives me absolutely crazy. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to tell you about my uh, about my my trip to the United States Supreme Court. I 
Love Washington, D.C. I've been there many times before. Uh, every time I go, I have a blast. Every time I go, I see uh, more things that, that I had forgotten about or had faded in my memory or I had never seen before. I always make it a point to go to the Lincoln Memorial, to see the Washington mom- Monument, to see the Capitol. I went to the Vietnam Wall. That memorial is just unbelievable and just heartbreaking. 58,000 names on that wall and it just you know it oh but anyways washington dc is such an incredible city the history we saw the gutenberg bible we saw the bill of rights we saw the constitution we saw i mean you name it we saw it and uh, poor marjorie marjorie was my traveling companion she was awesome and we would we walked like 30 miles in three days she had a fitbit and i have another friend of mine who when we were lit dropping last year sue erickson she had her fitbit and she'd be like oh my gosh we did eight thousand steps and i'd always be like yeah whatever i don't even know how many steps is that what does that mean i don't know what that means well marjorie had one too and and because i spent so much time with marjorie i got into it too so she'd say okay we've walked eight thousand steps i'm like how many is that how many miles is that okay nine thousand how many miles is that ten thousand twelve thousand and now well yeah i kind of like the the fitbits that we had and oh we went to the natural history museum uh smithsonian oh my gosh that was cool we saw giant bones you know like fossils and Mm -hmm. dinosaurs and it was so cool i loved everything about it and we met the greatest people too oh and you know what we went to a thing um marjorie's catholic so if any of you out there saw a picture of me with the pope that wasn't the real pope it was just a picture (laughs) of him I'm kind of mad at that pope, you know. I'm kind of yeah. mad at him. I, yeah, I don't. I'm not Catholic, so I'm really in no position to judge him. But yeah, I don't quite follow his train of thought sometimes. Uh, but we went to this Catholic event where they had Paul T. Anderson speaking. He had just wrote a book uh, when Harry became Sally. So it was about the transgender movement. It was fascinating. So unbelievable. I'd love to have him as a guest on the show. Or better yet, maybe the Child Protection League will bring him in here. Uh, not only can I interview him, but I would encourage everyone to read the book and go hear the talk. Okay, so when we come back, I'll tell you about my amazing trip to the United States Supreme Court. Plus, we have audio. You know, you can't bring cameras or anything in there. They took my cell phone away. Well, of course they did. You have to lock it up. Can't bring anything in there but a pen and a piece of paper. It was amazing. We'll be right back. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, 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 Stan, did you tell that caller? I Okay, we had a caller call in who said, oh, it's so convenient. Sue's taking St. Patrick's Day off. It is St. Patrick's Day next week. I totally forgot. And by the way, I am normally the designated driver on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, overrated, totally. And the funeral that I'm going to, um, the wife of the man that died, he was a vet. And she wants everyone at the funeral to wear red, white, and blue. So I won't even be wearing green well, at I the funeral. I might take you up on that designated driver situation if you're uh, <laughs> done with the funeral by then. At the, fun- the funeral's the early. Metro. Yeah, call, call me, Stan. I'll give you a ride. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm good. good at giving rides. Yeah, don't drink and drive. No, no, no. Uh, this year... President Trump has had a, well, last year, President Trump, it was a record-breaking first year with confirmation of 12 appeals court judges. Most, it, uh, more appeals court judges were confirmed in Trump's first year than any other first year president in history. In history. 
with 12 appeals court judges, six district court judges, and Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch, who I saw, I had a direct line looking right at him. He's giant. He is so tall. Handsome, too. Uh, Neil Gorsuch was confirmed in 2017. Uh, Trump's record on judges was off to a great start. We heard yesterday, I think, that Kennedy was looking at retirement. I've been saying for years that I thought Ginsburg needed to retire because she's kind of old and kind of out there. But after having been to the Supreme Court, yeah, she's sharp as a tack and still uh, brilliant, just absolutely brilliant. I don't agree with with her thinking, but let me tell you, um, I was very impressed with her. I was impressed with all the justices, but one. I'll get to that. Uh, 2018, though, we haven't seen very many judges being, uh, being confirmed, and I think that's troubling. I think it's troubling. Only a handful of them have been confirmed. There are are 11 appeals court nominees that are pending and the Senate has confirmed just one this year. So uh, judicial nominees face two big hurdles uh, in the Senate. One is this Democrat blue slip abuse nonsense that we've seen that I thought Grassley was going to put an end to. I thought once Al Franken got his butt out of there, uh, it would be okay. And then we have the post-cloture debate. So uh, we're going to need to see some pressure on our on our senators. I'm talking to you, Amy and, and Tina. Come on uh, to get some more of these justice judges and justices confirmed. We'll see what happens with the Supreme Court. We'll see. Okay, so I've been talking to you guys for months, months and months and months about how excited I was about this First Amendment case that I was a part of, that it was it had finally been decided that it was going to go in front of the United States Supreme Court. And I just I, I couldn't believe it. I don't think people understand what a long battle this has been. I don't think people understand how hard it is to get to the Supreme Court. And I don't think people understand how much money it takes to get to the Supreme Court. You're talking, we, we were trying to figure out how much it cost us to get to the United States Supreme Court. And we figured all in all, it was over a million dollars and might even be as high as two million dollars to fight for you, people, to fight for you and you people who don't understand why it's so important that we take these cases as far as we possibly can it's because we're looking out for you that we're that we're doing this so i told you about this case that started all the way back in 2010 and i cannot thank minnesota voters alliance enough andy selick and the and the fabulous people over at minnesota voters alliance uh saw this fought this uh kept going there were a whole bunch of plaintiffs uh that were involved in this and over the course of the years people dropped out so by the end it was pretty much andy selick and me uh and dan mcgrath dan mcgrath uh he did tremendous work with uh Jeff Davis at Minnesota Majority helped in the beginning of this, too. Um, and I can't thank Minnesota, or I can't thank Pacific Legal enough, too, because if it weren't for Wenfaw, you've heard him on my show a couple of times. You heard him on with um, Andrew and, and John in the mornings. Um, I can't thank Pacific Legal enough, because if Wen hadn't, Wen had, the attorney at Pacific Legal, if he hadn't read about our story in a newspaper article and said, whoa, wait a minute, 
this this case would have died on the vine. We lost in Minnesota. We lost at the Eighth Circuit. And all we wanted them to do was to invalidate an overbroad ban on political peril at the polling place. Government went too far. And people would say, oh, Sue, just change your shirt. Take the button off. Take the hat off. And the point is, it's not about any of those things. It's not about them. It's about government going too far. It's not about a hat. It's not about shirt. It's it's about government banning speech. And what most people don't realize is this law had been on the books since I heard someone say 1941. Uh, the attorney for the state of Minnesota, Minnesota said it had been on the books for over a hundred years and it was never a problem. Do you know what happened in 2010? What happened in 2010? They targeted us. They targeted us. They targeted people who were wearing shirts that weren't acceptable to them. And why should you care about this? Because next time it could be your shirt that you're wearing. And the the court case was just so eye-opening. And I, I know I have clips. I'm going to play you audio clips because um, I, I, ha- I have to tell you how cool it was. I made Marjorie walk by the United States Supreme Court every day that we were in Washington, D.C., sometimes twice a day, because it is the coolest place you've ever seen. And Billy Graham was laying in state when we were there, so they had lines of people. People waited three and four hours to go in and see um Billy Graham laying there, and I had to draw the line. I told Marjorie I was not standing in any line longer than a half an hour. No way, wasn't doing it. And as we were coming home from a reception at the Heritage Foundation after our, um, in honor of our court case, uh, we were walking home and there were no lines at all. So we got to walk straight into the, into the Capitol. It was all lit up. It was stunningly beautiful. Uh, security was incredible. They had snipers on the roofs and everything, but we walked in, said a prayer for Billy Graham. I walked around, uh, the Capitol twice because it's just, it's, I mean, the architecture, the artwork, the, the building, the everything about it is just so stunningly beautiful. And I think people, you know, they think of the swamp. They think of how dirty and icky everything is out there and slimy. And they think of the politicians and they forget how much history is out there. It was just so amazingly cool. So, uh, back to our court case here. Um, our court case was basically suing the state of Minnesota. If you remember, I said Minnesota, I told you Minnesota had an overbroad ban and only nine other states besides Minnesota had this a ban that was as broad as Minnesota. Forty other states managed to figure it out where they didn't have to crush your fees free speech when you were going in to vote. They didn't give an election judge some some incredible power uh, to have an arbitrary definition to decide what is a recognizable political view. And if you were if if you had an uh, unacceptable recognizable political view, you could vote. But if you had an unacceptable recognizable political view, you you couldn't. And it was complete discretion to some 20,000 uh, election judges around the state of Minnesota. And, and even worse than that, not only did they write your name down in the book, but you could, you, you could be fined. You could be put in jail. They could prosecute you for, for wearing the wrong clothes 
to vote. The idea that you, that you can criminalize attire in a polling place with criminal and civil penalties is just absolutely ridiculous. I gave you one example, a couple of examples. Um, there was a college student in Colorado walked into the polling place. He had an MIT sweatshirt on and the election judge wouldn't let him vote because he thought MIT stood for Mitt Romney. There was a woman in uh, Texas who walked in with a an Alaskan souvenir shirt and the election judge wouldn't let her vote because they thought she was pushing for Sarah Palin. And there were other examples like Broncos jerseys and Dallas jerseys. Um, and, and when you hear the exchange between these attorneys, it's just really astonishing. What What made me the most angry, the most angry is our media here in Minnesota. In Minnesota, there was nothing about this. There was nothing. The headlines should have been blaring that the state of Minnesota wouldn't let you wear an NRA shirt to vote. They wouldn't let you wear a Black Lives Matter shirt to vote. They wouldn't let you wear a Me Too shirt to vote. And and our media did nothing about this. Absolutely nothing about this. You had a Minnesota lawyer that was forced to admit that this overgeneralization of of this, this sweeping law would allow this would allow the state to forbid voters from wearing T-shirts at the polling place that said the Second Amendment on it or said NRA on it. Oh, but it's okay. You can wear First Amendment. This is so outrageous. This is so outrageous. And I don't know if the media is stupid. I don't know if they're lazy. I don't know if they're biased. I don't know if they just plain didn't get it. But it was ridiculous. You had people from Minnesota. And let me tell you, the media here, they know our phone numbers. They know our cell phone numbers. They know how to get a hold of us. And to not even cover people who took a case all the way to the Supreme Court. I think I mentioned to you that something like 0.01% of the cases get there. Every year, some 70,000 cases are presented to the United States Supreme Court. They take 70 or 80. 70 or 80. And you know what? Minnesota Voters Alliance, Andy Selick, Dan McGrath, and Sue Jeffers made it there. And our media couldn't give it the time of day. They couldn't give it the, they couldn't give this important First Amendment even the time of day. It's enough to just make you sick. And it makes me mad. Um, so I got lots more to say about this because I haven't even told you how it was to get into the Supreme Court and to get into the court case and about all the new friends I met in the courtroom. And then about the two bad attorneys that, yeah, they left a lot to be desired. But it's crazy in there. Stay tuned. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and com. At a fabulous time in Washington, D.C. Thank you so much and happy birthday to John Gilmore, who filled in for me last week. Uh, because it was just the, it was just the most amazing thing. You don't realize how few people make it all the way to the United States Supreme Court to see the wheels of justice turning. Well, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, it was, it was really interesting to listen to the Minnesota state attorneys um, arguments. It was interesting to listen to the Pacific legal attorneys arguments. When I heard, uh, 
lawyer Rogan for the state of Minnesota say a rainbow flag shirt was not political, but an NRA shirt was political. Parkland Strong was was not political, but a Second Amendment shirt, a Second Amendment shirt was not political. It was just it was just astonishing to me. It was so absolutely incredible. Dan Rogan, the Minnesota attorney, he was he's an assistant attorney out of Hennepin County, I think. Uh, and the case was Minnesota Voters Alliance v. Mansky. Um, initially, it was much broader. And of course, over time, they they whittle it down. I don't know how Rogan got lucky enough to get this case, uh, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he knew he lost too by the time he was done. And I think it's just amazing that our Minnesota media is so dang lazy. They didn't even pick up on the fact that Minnesota voters technically wouldn't, under current law, would not be allowed to wear their NRA shirts or even language of the Second Amendment to the polls. Oh, by the way, that applies to Me Too and maybe possibly a rainbow flag. Uh, he did say it was A-OK if you wore a T-shirt that said the First Amendment on it. But this is an arbitrary subjective uh, law that is so broad it can apply to anything. And when you look at some 20,000 election judges across the state of Minnesota, you can be sure election judges in outstate Minnesota would have a a different definition of what they thought was a banned t-shirt than than what you'd see from an election judge in minnesota or in st paul or in in the suburbs uh and and don't tell me don't tell me those supreme court justices are not political because they are and sotomayor oh my gosh she wears she she implied that our side was the racist ones and i just wanted to jump up in the middle of the supreme court and say what a racist thing to say. I was on my best behavior, Stan. I can see you getting kicked out of the Supreme oh, Court. Oh, my totally. gosh. I was on my best behavior. <laughs> yep, I was on my best behavior. And twice I had to listen, maybe three times, I had to listen to uh, Dan Rogan, the attorney for the state of Minnesota, say there'd never been a problem in 100 years. Yeah, Dan Rogan, because in 2010, you targeted us. You targeted people who were wearing a Don't, don't Tread on Me shirt. You targeted people who were wearing wearing tea party shirts and you targeted people who were wearing please ID me buttons. You targeted them. You picked this battle. You started it. And now we got to go all the way to the Supreme Court. On my Facebook page, I posted up the audio for MVA Vmansky. I posted up the uh, text so you can read it you can listen to it uh it was uh stan's got a couple of clips we're going to listen to in in a little bit let me tell you when you get in there i don't i don't spend a lot of time in courtrooms i'm not a lawyer um i i knew that's a really big deal to go in front of the united states supreme court the justices look just like their pictures do and you know what i, I told you this before um Ginsburg, honestly, she's brilliant. And she she asked some great questions. And then it kind of seemed like she fell asleep for a while. And then she jumped back in again. And then, but when you're in the courtroom, the justices, they don't let the lawyers finish. They talk over each other. They yell questions at them. And I kind of felt like a little bit later, other justices said, okay, Ruth, you're done now. So just hang out and let us ask some more questions. Uh, you did, you think 
you have a feel for for how they're going to rule, but you really don't know. And I kept saying, why is Clarence Thomas not saying anything? Why did he not say a word during the whole thing? And everybody's like, oh, it's normal. It's normal. So for oral arguments, the, our side gets a half hour. The state of Minnesota got a half hour. And you have it. And only so many people can get in there. People lined up to get into the Supreme Court at like four o'clock in the morning. Some of our people got in line at 602. They didn't even make it in. They didn't even make it in to see it. Uh, Andy Selick got in. Hi to Andy's dad. Andy was awesome. Um, Andy's dad listens to my show. So I just wanted to say hey to him. Um, Dan McGrath got in. I got in, of course, because we were plaintiffs. Um, I sat by a whole bunch of Yale law students. That was pretty fun. And I sat by some reporters and some uh, bloggers and people who really followed the Supreme Court close. And... The first half hour, which was our side, went so fast. And like I said, the justices are yelling questions and interrupting the lawyer and not letting the lawyer talk and all this stuff. At the end of the first half hour, I'm just, oh, and they have guards that stand up and shush you if you even start to, you know, say anything or gasp or do whatever. Although the court did laugh at the Minnesota attorney a couple times. You have to know it's not good when the courtroom is laughing at the attorney. Uh, and I think, I think Dan Rogan knew that. I think I think he knew that. Um, but at the end of the first half hour, I was so exhausted because you're following every word. You're just like hooked on every word, trying to listen to every little nuance and every little um, interruption and talking over each other and all that. I looked around at all the Yale students and we all just took this big, deep breath and we're like, oh, my gosh, we're exhausted. We feel like we're the ones that are up there arguing the case. Uh, we weren't. Uh, basically... And I thought Cato, who who sided with us, I thought Cato had had um, written the best article about what happened at this case. Um, Elila Shapiro wrote um, her review, his review of what happened after that. And he basically said what should have been a slam dunk win for those challenging Minnesota's ban on political apparel at the polls was complicated by the plaintiff's counsel's inability to draw clear lines between what the government can and cannot restrict. And I think that I think that's a, a, a very accurate statement. And as weak as we saw uh, our attorney, the state of Minnesota's was even worse. So, and when I say I think Dan Rogan for the state of Minnesota knew he lost, he, I, I really, really firmly believe he knew he, he lost. Uh, this case shouldn't have been as hard as it was. And, and I'll tell you another thing. When I talk about justices being political, if we would have been suing the state of Minnesota over a Black Lives Matter t-shirt, this decision, I bet, would have been nine to nothing. But because the justices are political and because the lawyers on both sides didn't do as good a job as, well, it's easy for me to say, being the quarterback armchair radio talk show host that I am, um, it's easy for me to say they should have done done us proud. They didn't. Um, but, and, but because I didn't think our side did a very good job, the state of Minnesota's did a worse, worse job. And this shouldn't have been that that hard of a case and and it was just we got a couple of of key points in here key points in here and i know you're not supposed to predict how it's going to go but i don't think it's going to be nine zero i know for sure we lost a couple of them a couple of the judges um and and i bet um seven two 
um, six three, maybe even five four. I can't wait till till June. I'll I'll tell you what happened uh, when we come back. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to play some clips of Justice Alito. Justice Alito is my hero. He is my hero. I, 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 I love him. And he exposed the hypocrisy of liberal double standards for all to see. And I sent Stan the audio of the whole entire oral argument, and he chopped it up into pieces for us so we can hear it. Uh, if you want to weigh in or ask questions about the case, 651-989-5855, 651-989-5855. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, com. everyone thank you for tuning in i'm telling you about my amazing trip to the united states supreme court it was unbelievable and i want to again thank pacific legal foundation i want to thank minnesota voters alliance uh dan mcgrath andy selick rock stars in my book and by the way uh send minnesota voters alliance some money i don't think you realize how much money it takes to sue the state to sue government as they trample on our rights. So Google them, look them up, send me an email. I'll give you their contact information. Uh, let's take a quick phone call. You want to ask me a question about the case? 651-989-5855. 651-989-5855. Hey, Mark, welcome to the show. Hi, Sue. Congratulations, first of all. And I hope <laughs> this isn't a downer. But correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Justice Kennedy asked, I believe it was your side's attorney, the difference between political advocacy, which would be crazy, versus a constitutional right to wear what you want. And I think it was the turning your side. If I'm wrong, please let me know. He had no answer. So Kennedy goes, <laughs> I listened to it on C-SPAN. Kennedy goes, well, that's what you're here for. I he know. Goes, tell, us, tell us this. I'm thinking, this guy ought to be sued for malpractice, this lawyer. That's the number one question you got to have. You got to know before you show up. I'll hang up and listen. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. And I want to thank Mark because I watched it on C-SPAN, too, and I was there. And it was, well, first of all, it's amazing to hear your, see your case on C-SPAN. And again, I'll tell you, I put it up on Facebook, and I, t- and I put it up, uh, both the oral argument, um, the text of it, and the audio of it. So be sure and go uh, and go and listen to it. There were several things that I felt Bremer didn't adequately explain. I think I said to you before, the justices jumped in so quick uh, that a lot of times he didn't have time to. But uh, Bremer had had been doing lawyer stuff. He should have been more prepared and should have been um, prepared for some of the questions that he was asked. Mark gave a good example of one. And Sotomayor countered uh, Bremer as well, trying to draw it back to the Burson versus Freeman, uh, which is the case that the case law that they um, that they assigned when we lost at the other two courts uh, where where Burson was dealing with express advocacy. So in other words, um, you already know you can't everybody knows you can't walk into the into the polling place wearing a Hillary Clinton shirt or a Donald Trump shirt or a vote for Sue Jeffers shirt. You know, you can't wear things like that. This was such an interesting exchange that that we're going to listen to here in just a minute in Justice Alito goes after him and lists all these different things, including one part of it that I didn't get into where he asks the Minnesota attorney, what about if everybody comes in wearing all white? 
And when he asked if everybody comes in wearing all white, would that be political or not political? All I could think of was Klan clothing. That's all I could think of. What if everybody wore white robes into the polling place? I'd say that's political. And I think that was, in that case, Kennedy had had made some reference to Hollywood wearing black or Hollywood wearing pins on their shirts or as their own way of of uh, expressing themselves and to being able to narrow down what this uh, prohibition of self-expression of self-expression was. Um, the exchange that Dan's, or the exchange that Stan's gonna play right now is Dan Rogan. Dan Rogan's the lawyer from Hennepin County. I think he's the assistant DA. I'm not sure. Um, representing Minnesota elections official Joe Mansky. Uh, he did not do a winning job countering, uh, Bremer's claims either. Uh, in fact, Rogan all but conceded that the state law is an arbitrary violation of the Constitution. Stan, let's start out with the first part of this now. How about a shirt with a rainbow flag? Would that be permitted? A shirt with a rainbow flag? No, it would, yes, it would be, it would be permitted unless there was, unless there was an issue on the pallet that, that related somehow to to uh, gay rights. Right, how about a shirt that says Parkland Strong? No, that would I, I, that would be that would be allowed. I think I think you're on. Yeah, even though uh, gun control w- would very likely be an issue. To the I extent, bet, I bet some candidate would raise an issue about gun control. Your Honor, the 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 line that we're drawing is one that is uh, is. Related to electoral. Now, what's the answer to this question? You're a polling official. You're the reasonable person. Would that be allowed, or would it not be allowed? The the parkland. Yeah. I, I think I think today that I that would be if if that was in Minnesota and it was parkland strong, I, I would say that that would be allowed in. That there's not. Do you hear him hemming and hawn? Do you hear him hemming and hawn? This is a guy who fought this case through how many different courts, through how many different things? Hemming and hawn. Hey, 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 Rogan, how do you think an election judge would feel? A reasonable person who's supposed to know what, what, and what is a political issue and what isn't a political issue. Nowadays, almost everything's political. Almost everything. Go. More Rogan. Okay, how about an NRA shirt? An NRA shirt uh, today in Minnesota? No, it would not. No, I think that really. That's a clear indication, and I think what you're getting uh, at. How about Honor, a shirt with the text of the Second Amendment? Your Honor, I, I I think that that could be viewed as political. That 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 would be. How that about be... the First Amendment? <laughs> Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Do you no, hear that Honor, laughter? I don't, I don't think the First Amendment. And Your Honor, I okay. no no what you... it would be covered or wouldn't be allowed. It would be allowed. It would be. Do you hear what Minnesota's attorney said? Do you hear it? He said, yeah, you cannot wear a Second Amendment, a quote of the Second Amendment on your T-shirt to go vote. But, oh, yeah, you can make, yeah, you can for sure wear the First Amendment. Are you freaking kidding me? Ugh, go. It would be. And, and I think, the, I understand the, the idea, and I've, I've uh, there are obviously a lot of examples that, that have been. Yeah, well, this is the problem. How about a, a Colin Kaepernick uh, uh, jersey? No, Your Honor. I don't think that that would be un, uh, under under our statute. And I think th- How about uh, all lives matter. 
That could be, Your Honor. Oh, that could be, that could all be lives matter is political. I, I think, obviously, Your Honor, there, there are some hard calls, and there are always going to be hard calls, and that, that doesn't mean that the line that we've drawn is, is unconstitutional. How about an I miss Bill shirt? I'm sorry, Your Honor. I, didn't. I miss Bill. Or, to make it bipartisan, a Reagan-Bush 84 shirt. Yes, Your Honor, I believe that that's... That's political, Minnesota. That's political. You don't get to wear that. You don't get to wear that into a polling place. This is so crazy. And and, and Alito... Alito's my hero. Alito's my hero. He goes on and says, you know, a reasonable observer, a reasonable standard. And Rogan consistently, over and over and over again, considered views on the left to be non-political, views on the right to be political, over and over and over again. And I cannot stress enough, people, that's what started this lawsuit back in 2010. They targeted us. You're welcome. We fought all the way to the Supreme Court. And it was amazing. And you think if this is an attorney for the state of Minnesota who can't decide what is what is um, prohibited to wear in the polling place and what isn't, if if the attorney handling this case couldn't figure it out, how are 20,000 election judges across the state of Minnesota going to go? How are they supposed to handle how are they supposed to handle the exact same thing? It was just crazy. Oh, yeah. And then now, do we have one more quote? Do we have Justice Sotomayor? This is the one that Let's made. Let's not forget who these people were. Who these people and are. What they were wearing. Stop, stop, stop. Who these people are. Let's not forget who these people are. Who does she think we are? And who does she think she is to get away painting with a broad brush, implying we are these racist people who are trying to intimidate people at the polls? Really, Justice Sotomayor? Really? Okay, you can play it again now. I'm ready. I'll calm down. I'll let people listen to it now. Let's not forget who these people were and what they were wearing. Talk. I mean, I am just so insulted by that. I am so insulted by that. What biased. What a what a racist racist comment. And to and and she just gets away. Just she's just totally unaware totally unaware that she is so biased and so racist and that is actually even more proof that the law we are fighting should be overturned it should be overturned oh my gosh you know what i could talk another two hours about how great my trip was i could talk Another two hours about my different impressions about the things that happened, um, about going um, to the reception at Heritage afterwards, about all the things that I saw in D.C., about the wonderful 45th anniversary party. Andy Selick and I got to go to California, to the Reagan Library. First time I've ever toured a Reagan Library. I had a really pretty gray silk dress on. I looked beautiful. It was full of rich people who thankfully donate lots of money to Pacific Legal so they can take cases like this. Pacific Legal has already picked up another case in Minnesota. I kept telling them we're fertile ground here. We're fertile ground. Um, so I think they're going to keep an eye on what's going on here. And I know I'll stay in touch with them as well. I met some amazing people. Wen Fa, he's my hero. He He's the one who found this case, wrote up whatever needed to be written up and submitted to the Supreme Court. Anastasia Bowden, she 
ran, I was on a panel where I got to talk about our case and First Amendment issues. She ran the panel. Uh, Pacific Legal has some really, um, uh, Stephen Anderson is the president and CEO. I met some really amazing people. Their team is outstanding. Um, I, I wish our lawyer would have done a, a better job, but you know what? I am so thankful for all of them. So I repeat, send money to Minnesota Voters Alliance uh, because they've got another lawsuit that they're working on right now, and it's secret, so I can't talk about it. But let me tell you, it's awesome, and you guys are going to actually love it even more than this one. It won't be so difficult to get people to understand what's happening in this next one. And Yes, the Supreme Court won't rule on this case until the end of June. Uh, and I'll, I'll keep you posted about what happens, what happens in that. But no, our Minnesota media sucks and they should have been out there. They should have been, uh, screaming from the mountaintops that in Minnesota, you can't wear a political, you can't wear a political shirt. And the definition of a political shirt is anything that's conservative. Uh, it's crazy. But by the way, it could include liberal ones too, which is why they should be angry. This should have been a nine, nothing crazy, crazy, crazy. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about what's happening over at the legislature. There's a ton of stuff happening. Um, again, I don't even know if I'll get all this stuff in there. We're going to figure out what's your top issue this legislative session, because the Democrats have their agenda. They have their talking points. They have their activists and supporters. And holy cow. Do yeah holy cow it's yeah a long long do you want a state horse we got a state horse a bill for a state horse are you kidding me a state horse stay tuned everyone sue jeffers twin cities news talk am 1130 and twin cities news talk.com